0: KNC masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. We are live at Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona, for Texas Rangers spring training, home of the defending world champion Texas Rangers. As Mike continues to try to get the attention of one of the grounds crew people, hoping he has, that he, he has knows to have the on
2: name. earbuds because he I could yelled speak at him. You.
3: Yeah, it might not annoying. be his name. It might not be the same guy.
2: But he is he manicuring the same. with a, a broom pretty much the front of home plate that you front kind of, of, of triangle this. area and he has been manicuring this for a good 10 minutes he's been on his hands and knees picking out the sunflower seeds. pride in your
0: craft
2: there's there's nothing i do in life that i care about as much as i think it's jake the grounds crew man caring that much about just i don't know one 100th of the baseball field that he's taking 15 to 20 minutes on to make sure it's perfectly manicured. It's do like you watching appre-
0: a caker ice their cakes. Okay. I said caker. I, do, you caker? Ap- do you appreciate that level of detail, or do you think he's wasting his no, time? No, I
2: think it's awesome. Okay. <sighs> Look at this field. It's gorgeous, dude. I, I've always wanted to be a grounds crew guy. I know. But, like, on a grass field. Right. I think it's kind of boring on a turf field. All you're doing is messing with the dirt. In fact, like the Rangers, I do know this, they had to get rid of all their grass guys, right? So when they moved, the grounds crew people that were really, that had an education uh, on how to make sure your grass stays green and, and the mowing part of it and all that, they're like, well. And they got other jobs at golf courses or other stadiums or whatever, but I mean, they couldn't be a Ranger grounds crew guy anymore. There was no more grass.
0: That actually, I hadn't really thought about that at all, but that makes a lot of sense, the way, uh, the way that you line that up. I want to go ahead, if we can, fire off cut number four, because I'm going to put forth the idea, and I would like to discuss, is spring training most important for this gentleman? The 3-1. And that ball is hit high and deep into right field. Tucker going back. He's at the wall. He leaps.
1: And it is gone. Nathaniel Lowe with a two-run home run. He puts Texas into double figures. It's 10-2. I
0: bet we win that ALCS as well. And then I bet we go on to win the World Series. We did.
3: Kevin, I don't know if you've heard. Actually, there's a sign right there that says World Series champions. Uh, I think there's signs everywhere. There are. Everywhere I walk. I know not not for the Royals because they didn't win. Uh, but for the Rangers, uh, all the stuff around here says World Series champions. Did you like my stairway to baseball heaven? I did like that. Tweet. That was nice. And, you know, for that moment for Nate Lowe, that was a pretty relieving moment, right, for him yes. to, to, to accomplish that. Like, that was a very big moment because he kind of struggled. And we were talking about what – didn't he have, like, an 18-pitch at bat one time because he just – He was struggling to hit a fastball and so he was just fouling it off and then finally he gets something that he can pull and turn on and puts it out there and that was a really great moment for him and i'm hoping to see a lot more uh really good moments for him this year
0: so i was reading part of a an article from evan grant and it was illuminating and we talked with davis wenzel about this kind of earlier today as well we'll see if we roll that out today is Nate Lowe has gone into several of these spring trainings with the Rangers with a singular focus. Okay, as I'm sure you can guess, last year it was, "Hey, let's work on that defense." And it is it is amazing to see how he went from I, I, I don't struggling
2: been, at times. Yes,
0: I was going to say one of the least best let's go with that yeah fielding first baseman to legitimately a gold glove so you saw that effort and that's what i think is really interesting is that was his focus all spring long and then the year before that there was a lot of focus on turning the ball opposite field a little bit more or popping a little bit more power and you saw that reflect in the numbers two years ago and then clearly there's been more of a dip and the reason why I was fascinated by this is something that Bruce Bochy said is 2022 Nate Lowe that's his focus in spring training wins the silver slugger this last year his focus is I gotta improve my defense wins gold glove Bruce Bochy was asked oh what do you think his focus is for this spring training and he goes I don't know, probably to win them both at the same time. And so I I was fascinated by that because I feel like we're all okay with Nate Lowe, right? Like, you're okay to maybe really good with Nate Lowe. But you see flashes all the time and think, holy cow, this player could be really, really good. But then when the defense went up, the offense ebbed and his OPS dropped. And how do you strike the right balance in a... What's feeling like it could potentially be a loaded lineup all over again. How do you make Nate Lowe a bigger part of that lineup?
2: Well, I think one thing that when you're healthy, this team, it doesn't need a great hitting first baseman. Okay. You're you're kind of lucky in that, right? Because a lot of times you're not going to have as good of a hitter at second base that the Rangers have or shortstop or catcher. So – You can kind of cover up a little bit at times if your first baseman isn't the prototypical 30 home runs, 100 RBI uh, type of player that you kind of expect. When you think of a first baseman, that's kind of what you think of, about 30 or more home runs and a 100 RBI type of guy. I think Nate Lowe can do that this year. Uh, 30 might be a little much, but I think he can. The one thing that I don't know, and this does come to the personal stuff, is Last year, and I'm sorry, I don't know the follow-up on this, but his mom had cancer. I don't yeah, some people
0: were just asking about that. I had to admit I hadn't yeah, checked that out either. I
2: haven't followed up to ask a Rangers yeah. organizational person, like how is, how is Nate Lowe's mother doing? Because that had to weigh on him a lot during sure. the season, that Absolutely. his mom couldn't come when they played in the playoffs versus Tampa. I don't believe his mother was able to come to that. Uh, it ended up being a two-game series, yeah. but – she wasn't healthy enough. And just think about that as a parent. If you have a, a couple boys and they like a sport, can you imagine if both of them were in the playoffs against each other, but you physically couldn't go watch that, it's that hard, situation? That and so he was dealing with a lot last year off of the field with the health of his mother. So I don't know where she's at right now. but uh, I'm, asking,
3: I'm asking around right now, so yeah, I'll, but, I'll try and find out. But thing.
2: hopefully he's, you know, You know, the the off-the-field stuff is is getting better and better, and he can be a guy who, in a way, you can kind of protect if Evan Carter is the guy who I think he's going to be, if – Because he wasn't on the team mostly. Sure. So now you add a dude who might be a 300 batting average guy, a 375 on base percentage, and like a 900 OPS. Like, all of a sudden you add that. It kind of helps you a little bit more in your situation. What will Wyatt Lankford be? How much will he be on the team? But, yeah, Nate Lowe has to be a better hitter. We went over it. For some reason it was weird. A lot of first base numbers were down last year amongst uh, major league first basemen.
0: One thing I did want to throw out there. That I think I personally just take for granted is Nate Lowe is always available. H- yep. In the three years he's yeah. been here, I believe he's missed a total of 11 games. And I'm not saying he missed them because he wasn't capable of playing. They're probably just like, hey, why don't you just have a seat for the day? But 11 games in three years. And Corey, you
2: have three more years mm-hmm. that he's not a free agent. Wow. So 24, 25, and 26, you have control of him. He's not a. So. You know he's gonna. This year he makes four million dollars, which is a great. But that's still a pretty sure. cheap, great. cheap contract for a guy who's won a Silver Slugger and a Gold Glove.
3: You know when he arrived, he and this is this kind of goes to the proof of how far this team's come with Chris Young at the helm too. But when he arrived, he was your best hitter. Like And you were like, oh, man, is this guy, like, did he find something? And then they stacked better hitters around him. And he's yes. like, okay, he's part of this group of of really ta- good talent. And that's what Chris Young keeps doing. He's like, hold on, is my talent good enough? No. Let's go find somebody better and let's keep doing this. But, you know, I think, obviously, how, how you are in a clubhouse matters a lot. And if you can, if this clubhouse is, seems to be very consistent, very steady, Uh, But, you know, his defensive presence, Kevin, definitely is a huge factor. As a left-handed bat, you hope to, you know, alternate some guys and and protect some guys, and that's a factor of whether or not he can protect. And that's where he will be in the lineup based on how well he's protecting the guys in front of
0: him. So can Nate Lowe find the balance of – having more power without sacrificing plate discipline. Because I I realize those things can clearly go hand in hand. But if you just look at it, like the year he hit 27 home runs, there's a drastic drop in the amount of walks. Whereas the two years kind of sandwiched around it, where he was like, I don't know, 17, 18 home runs, is he has a significantly higher number of walks last year he was seventh among all mlb qualifiers with 93 walks so he's shown good plate discipline can you find a way for him specifically to merge that level of plate discipline with having some more power because i know a lot of times people think of power as more like reckless or free swingers i don't think that always has to be the case though
2: well so he's gonna get strikes uh, he sure. doesn't really – you want plate discipline from all of your hitters. The more good pitches you swing at from a hitter's standpoint, the better chance you have of being successful. But if you look at it and you're pitching against the Texas Rangers, yep. all right, who are you looking for in the lineup? If I'm going to pitch around a guy to get to a guy, Nate Lowe's going to be at best fifth on your list of I threats in yeah. the Rangers lineup. So when he comes up, most likely the pitcher is going to say – I don't want to give him a free pass because the next guy coming up might be a better hitter, or I already have a couple guys on base, and I have those guys on base because I wanted to get Nate Lowe in this situation because this is the guy I believe I have the best chance of getting out. So yes, you want the discipline, but yet I think like a guy like I talked to Mark McLemore obviously a lot over you know the last years is he said it was so awesome batting second. In the Rangers lineup, because behind him was Pudge Rodriguez and Juan Gonzalez, he's getting fastballs. <laughs> he's like, it's work. A, when you have people like that behind you in your lineup, or if you're hitting right after those guys, now they're like, I have to get him. Like, just say it's Rusty Greer. I have to go after Rusty Greer. I've already allowed Pudge and Juan to to be on base for free or to just get singles. I need. To get this guy out because I can't put another guy on base so those guys can really benefit
0: and can you just imagine if the outcome of that was 2022 offensive Nate Low to go along with last year's defensive presence I I, I hear I what you're saying like you well, you don't have to have that to succeed but
3: as long as we're at it why not get greedy Corey 20, 2022 you pointed out the 27 home runs that's an outlier for him for sure the 302 is an outlier as well and that's, that's the number that matters. I know OPS is huge and everything, but 302 compared to 262, 30% of the time you're on base. Yeah. And you're creating a problem for somebody, more likely driving in runs. And that's where, like, you, you feel like the guys, Mike, in front of him, the, let's say the four guys in front of him, let's say he's hitting five. I'm not sure where he's going to stay throughout the season. But let's say he's hitting five. Those four guys in front of them, you have pretty good confidence that they're going to be on base or or be in a position to produce runs. And that's where I just want – I want line drive gaps. I just want shots. I don't need home runs as much as I just – definitely need a dude that is consistently on base putting them in the gaps driving in runs at that in that spot
2: and he's a guy that obviously his weakness is fastballs inside you know he he's a guy that i don't want to say has slow bat speed but you see a lot of his hits going to opposite field i remember the big homer he hit against houston i believe it was game five it was an opposite field home
0: run he can we back up just just really quick some baseball 101, because we like to help people out along the way. You might just be able to, like, picture it in your head. But not always, but a lot of times you go opposite field because you were a little bit more behind the pitch than you might or have been. Or the ball was thrown
2: way. away, so you have to kind of go with the where the pitch is. So what you want to teach, a, a great hitter is able to hit the ball where it's pitched. You know, the, the one that reminds me, I know I'm going way back when, is Tony Gwynn. He would show... This is the contact, this is the point of contact you want to make on an outside pitch. This is the point of contact you want to make on a pitch down the middle. This is the point of contact you want to make on a pitch in. And if you're making those points of contact, then you're going to hit the ball hard to all sides of the field. But when that ball gets in on Nate, he struggles. The thing that he does a good job of is he fouls it off into, let's say, the third base dugout or the third base uh stands and he he lives for another pitch and it's it's interesting because pitchers will just not believe on throwing that same pitch over and over and over again they eventually go to a slider or an off-speed pitch and if they don't locate it well now nate lowe's bat head gets out in front and he pulls it i know the segment's coming to an end i wanted to look this up just to make sure one of the rangers premium prospects is uh abby ortiz i'm shortening his first name because everybody tells me he just goes by that in a ball last year he's their biggest first base prospect he had 33 home runs 101 rbis in 109 games batted 294 with a 990 ops he's not ready for the major leagues this year he'll start off in frisco but he has three years left nate Lowe. but there is a prospect that the rangers believe maybe in 2025 could possibly be that big power-hitting first baseman.
0: And that might be potentially another asset that you're like, hey, either we have amazing depth or maybe we can move this and try to improve other shortcomings in the team. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We're live out at spring training in Surprise. Coming up next, Stankoven scores his first goal, but is an old problem starting to reappear for the stars let's talk about it next right here on call from mom answer it call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails
3: you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois. A fan. Thompson able to turn it away from Ben, but it comes right to Wyatt Johnston. Johnston knocked off the puck
1: by Pelle Kicked it alive, and they score! It's the first NHL goal for Logan Stankovan, and it's a 2-2 tie.
0: And I figure, as we are live from surprise right here on 105.3 The Fan, that, Mike, you would enjoy this, is his name is spelled pretty much how you would think. It's Stank Oven. and Oven. So, Stank Oven is what we're going with. He scores his first ever goal, big-time prospect in the NHL. Big-time prospect for the Dallas Stars. However, they lose again.
3: The This was from your boy Brian Rea last, uh, right. last night. Uh, I don't know what's the weirder stat. That Lo- Logan Stankoven is the 18th player in NHL history to score his first career goal on his birthday, or Ooh. that it's happened twice this month with Zach Bolduc, uh in St. Louis two days ago. So that's 18th mm. player to score their first goal on uh, on their birthday, and it's happened twice this month in the in the history of hockey. That is pretty. It's wild. only happened 16 times, and it's happened twice this year.
2: How old Stankoven? Like, yeah, is he 20? Like he's a younger guy, though, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what I'm saying is, I'm, I'm getting concerned at this point. I think they're going to get hammered tonight. I know, I think it's on ESPN or ESPN, ESPN Plus, maybe. So we're thinking about maybe going out to Booties, which we've been to for a decade now out here. <laughs> not, there's not a whole bunch of stuff
0: right around here. Uh, but yes. they have the
2: NBA package, they have the NHL package. It's a place with wings. It sounds like we're going to a place where they just got booties everywhere, but it's. Actually, just a place they where... They got great
3: cheese and chili fries. They're uh, really good. I like their wings. It's yeah. not
2: as scandalous as you would think. I don't know that I've
3: ever seen a booty girl. There. Yeah, yeah tonight's
2: know. trivia night, uh, so uh, oh. you know, you'll know you see. I, it used to be T.R. Sullivan was always there with Jeff Wilson. I don't know if Jeff Wilson is out here. I haven't seen
3: him. I think uh, Levi's big into it as well. I haven't seen so Levi out I here either. haven't seen him either. But Kevin, I- are you trying to... You want to go d- dominate... No, some, uh, I, I want to tell the tonight? T.R.
0: Sullivan story that was the saddest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, someone please help this man.
3: I saw him at a gas station in Plano once. He's super nice. Very
0: kind man. One day in kind the of- media room, this was years ago, is he said, yeah, I got a coupon for this restaurant. It was buy one meal, get one free but I couldn't get anybody to go with me, so I just bought two meals and took the other one back to my hotel. And I didn't know him well enough to be like, hey, I'll go to dinner with you. I just looked around I was like, Will somebody help him? He's asking for a friend <laughs> wants to f- go to dinner and you with didn't him. Offer? you didn't no, offer? No, I, like, I, we had spoken one
3: time. I didn't know if that was weird. Oh, because the, the one time you'd spoken to him, he went and turned the music off. He turned off Dancing Queen and turned it on. He was like mad. 1920s. Kevin's like, I'll yes. go, but I get the free meal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: all right. The Stars the stars have a real problem. Now, you wanted to talk about, because you don't like the way they match up against Colorado, correct? I've
2: watched that game, one, live. I was lucky enough to get to go to the last game in Dallas. I've watched, I believe, the other two on television, and to me, there's no doubt in my mind. I am not a hockey expert at all, but watching those teams play, the Colorado Avalanche are better than the Dallas Stars. I'm, I'm not trying to be a hater or anything. I, I think... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a lot of NHL analysts out there go, you're, you're wrong. And I'd be like, hey, then I am. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm an expert at this at all. But watching them, I just think that they're better than the Dallas Stars. And in the seven game series, uh, I think that they would lose. And if they push it to seven, I'd be surprised if they pushed it to seven.
0: Now, in terms of not just tonight, but these next three days, this is a huge stretch for the Stars because not only do you have the avalanche tonight, but then you have Winnipeg coming up on thursday and these are the three teams like we we've talked about this i don't know for like a month is there's a giant separation in the central these are the three teams that you're jockeying with for position and one of the things that i am becoming more and more concerned about with the stars is overtime and shootouts I know you might be like, hold on, is this an episode from last year? I no. guess
2: at least in the playoffs, you don't have to deal with that issue.
0: Okay, huh. it, that's huh. interesting that you say that. You do still have overtime, and they were awful in overtime in the playoffs last year, one and four. Yeah, awful. I realize it's, it's not, not the, three on three. You're right. It's not the tweet. It it, it it doesn't go with the tweaked up format of then you get the shootout and everything. Like you're right about that. But last year, the stars were eight and fourteen in the overtime or shootouts that was tied for the third most losses in the league in that scenario and how did it translate one in four in the playoffs in overtime again setting up the fact that yes it is fundamentally different the way they will roll out overtime versus not having a shootout and everything like that but one in four in overtime in the playoffs this year they have been significantly better the stars were nine and two in overtime and shootouts excuse me nine and six until the last 10 days, where they are 0-3. And And you might be like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's just a three-game stretch. And you could be right about that. But look at how tight the Central is. This feels like, whether it's a point you know, here, a point there, is that could be the difference between drawing a wild card and then drawing either Winnipeg or Colorado in the first round of the playoffs. And that
3: matters to you a lot because matchups and playoffs, I think matchups and playoffs are one of the most important things. This is just like in college basketball as well, right? When you look at, uh, hey, man, I might get a, a bad draw here. But if I get the right matchup for me, then it's going to help me advance. I mean, even the Mavericks, a lot of people will take shots at their run to that 2011 title. And, yes, they did have very talented players along the way, but they matched up well against a lot of those teams at that point, and that was a big factor. And so for the Stars, what is the best matchup against them? Because they are, Kevin, they are a finesse team that does not like the lumber they don't love that part of it so feels like that is
0: accurate a lot of times and that that feels
3: like the consistency and i I just i don't know when they're going to when how to change that mindset either somebody's got to be in there screaming for everybody to or somebody to set the tone and you got to have somebody willing to do that too so that's where that's where my concern is i don't know what a good matchup is because they
0: lack that one component Look, and not to be, like, super generic or basic with you, but Nashville, St. Louis, the Kings. Okay, I I, I got (laughs) you. I'll I'll take, you know. The teams that they kind of beat up on at times. Yeah. Okay, all right. I, I, I will take whatever wild card matchup is presented. But then again, you know what? You might see today and Thursday. Let's just say you end up winning, you know, 4-1 to one and 3-0. to zero. Maybe you look at Colorado and Winnipeg and you create a little bit of separation. You're like, oh, okay, well, I feel a little bit better about this matchup in case you fall into the C2 or C3 spot. But... Shootouts in overtime is the last 10 days that has hurt them a great deal, because if you were able to pick up even two more points, even one more point, it gives you that extra little bit of separation that could hopefully match you up with a wild card team. And my bigger concern is they were not good in this avenue last year, and it absolutely translated to the playoffs like the whole reason they got bounced in the playoffs. You go back to that Vegas series is you lost two games in overtime to start the series
2: i wish i knew and this is an answer for hockey hawk gavin spittle or brian ray or uh, you know whoever turk you would ask why what what changes if they've played a team i know even though the score is let's just say three to three uh, going into overtime it doesn't mean both teams have played equally the same but why does the other team seem to have maybe a 65% advantage in overtime over the Stars? What are the Stars doing aggressive-wise, defensive-wise, offensive-wise? What are they doing in, let's say, pl- if you think of playoff hockey, sure. not going down to three-on-three, three, that is causing them to not be a good playoff overtime team?
0: One of the things I always wonder about is the tighter nature of overtime play not necessarily work into the flow that the stars are looking for another issue is lack of top line defensive players for the stars however if you're looking for something on that front jim nill the gm for the stars did say something interesting in an interview with the athletic is one of the things that he threw out there is it's what every team says your team dictates what moves you're going to make at the trade deadline and then he was quick to throw in there well they've shown that we're in the mix and that's all i can ask for and so i want to see how i can supplement the best i can given the price essentially given the price that's, of everything that's the biggest factor out there what you need
3: uh, kevin and i know i said top 4 you you said top 4 the other day and i was like Like, top four in the the league. On the team. But a top four, they need that one more. They need one more top four guy on the defensive side. And, man, to to add something like that and to add a, a quality one, Mike, to To add a a Montgomery a Jordan Montgomery type uh, to addition is going to cost a lot. That is an lot. interesting
0: comparison. I like you that. know like
3: somebody that you're like man like he's going to come in and do something important. He's going to grind for you, and he's also again setting the tone when it comes to the physicality. That's that's something that's going to be pretty expensive. But Jim Neal, what he just said there is they have shown me that they're there. Kind of like when Chris Young was asking the question last year, are they this team? can they do that? That's where the stars are in that situation is they have everything else. They have a lot of the great components. This one thing is what they're kind of missing, and they need that uh, Jordan. Jordan Montgomery was, nobody was asking about Jordan Montgomery last year until we heard about Jordan Montgomery being traded, and then all of a sudden, we were happy that we had that guy, And, and that's where the stars kind of, they needed to find that.
0: And Jim Nill admitted as much. Like, if you just look at the numbers, this reflects it is the stars are fourth in the NHL this season in goals per game. So good on you. You know, doing great. They're 13th in goals against per game, which is not terrible, but last year they were third. In goals against per game and then Nil said hey look we've got a solid 13 forwards up top already and then i know i've got a bunch of young guys down below so they feel pretty good right there in defense you could never have enough defensemen obviously Corey would like the best four defensive players in the league i would like the and, number one and,
3: defensive and, player in the league hey
0: we might get there eventually is and, and i support that but he said it's a fair assumption to say that would be what we're looking for but then it goes back to Corey what you were just talking about What's the cost of acquisition? What's the asset cost? That's what we're monitoring right now. So obviously, the next two games will make an impact in terms of the standings. I don't know if that will, you know, make them feel a little bit more urgent to do something, or if things will turn out really well and they're like, "Huh, maybe we can figure this out." Yeah, that that is the the part of
3: being in his seat is is kind of, and you feel like his history tells you he knows. How to build a winning team, and he has he has he has a winning team right now, but how to build that championship roster? I need this one thing, uh, and so I think he he should be sitting there thinking that that's the thing that he needs to add.
2: This game means so much tonight. This is the Mavericks have a big game tonight.
3: The yes, Stars have yeah. a
2: bigger game tonight. Yeah. I and, can see that. And. If the Stars – I'll tell you this. If the Stars lose this game, I'm just going to say they're just going to lose in the first
0: round. No, come on, Mike. No, that's not it. Ooh. Let me ask you this. What if on Thursday they smoke Winnipeg and then that looks like that will be the likely matchup? You know, like I hear what you're saying on Colorado. I wouldn't say they
2: were going to win in the first round, but I would say when they play Colorado, the season's over.
0: Okay. I got you. but.
2: I just think that if they're playing bad, every team goes – the Rangers, they're the world – they're going to go through this year, they're going to go through oh, a 10-game stretch where they win only one or two games out of the 10. It's going to happen, and it doesn't mean they're not going to have a good year. It just means everybody goes through that stretch. Right now, the Stars, from a fan standpoint, you can't feel confident about what not. they're doing or feel like, oh, don't worry, they're going to be the best team in the you know West. At the end of the day, right now, they're they're putting a lot of doubt in at least my mind.
3: I if you, agree. If a- you can't absolutely. win, don't play. That's what I always say. Um, Thanks a lot.
0: I mean. I, I, There's,
3: and he, I, does that make sense to you? It I, took me a minute to, to completely grasp this line. If you can't win, don't play. And that line is. Do but the you,
2: Cowboys always playing the playoffs. Damn dogs, it, Mike.
3: So. All right, let's go to break, Kevin. I can't. Wow. I have to ride in the car with this guy, and now I got <laughs> this.
0: <car. laughs> well, I mean, they know they can't win, obviously, but they still play the game. It's we big. hit. I mean, we've gotten through two segments. I feel like yesterday we were mostly unscathed with any stray oh. bullets fired at the we're Cowboys. at a baseball field, yeah. Mike. This
2: should be your what happy place. What if that place? was the, the Cowboys' new mantra oh in 24? We made the playoffs. We ain't
0: showing up. <laughs> we <laughs> opened the windows. You can hear the birds. You can see the grounds crew. Somebody asked what happened to Hater Mike. Is Mike? Mike is serene with baseball, but yeah, there, there you go. Back to
2: baseball now. Tease His body me. was rejecting <laughs> the oh.
0: too much niceness. Oh. Tease
2: me and I'll tease you back.
0: All right, coming up next, tease me, Mike, baseball nuggets. Is there too much
2: pressure on Wyatt Lankford this spring? Oh.
0: Next. Listen to every MLB game
1: live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind.
0: Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month.
3: Deep left field. It's
0: going to go. Alvarez ties the
3: game.
0: Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. We're live in Surprise, Arizona, where Mike continues to effort to live out his dream. I believe in the next segment, he's going to go down to the field and try to get something going with the groundskeeper. Last year, you got to ride on the yeah. giant mower. What's in well, mind? Well, that's this the, dra- the drag. The drag. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get My to bad. mow the
2: yard. He he's already has a nice. Jake is his name. Thank you to Atolo who sent that in on uh, X, but uh, he's painting right now the KC logo on the back of the mound. He's painted the rubber. Uh, so if you don't know nice. what that is. Uh, I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the one on the pitcher's
0: mound. It's ribbed for their pleasure.
2: I I don't think it is. It's it's smooth. I've been on. I've been on. I've never seen a rubber that isn't just rubber, and it's just normal flat like there's no ribbing in it so, uh-huh.
3: please send it to baseball nuggets
0: oh yeah it's time for baseball <laughs> nuggets with mike bassett okay so is that not what we were doing
2: yesterday i got to watch wyatt langford two at bats he probably got two to four more at bats in that kind of inner squad game
0: but the two you saw were strikeouts. The two right? i
2: saw were strikeouts against uh jesus tinoco who did look really good i said hi to him in the clubhouse um and I just told him because he gave up the home run to Aaron judge. If people don't remember that he was on the Rangers in 2022, that was the first inning of it was a doubleheader game, right? Or something, wasn't that something weird where oh, it was like, yeah, a, I think
0: you and might. Was, and then he, did he not play the second one? I think,
2: yeah, I can't remember, but he had, it was in the first inning that he hit the home run of, of that game. So said hi to him, said, Hey, I'm, I know how you, you feel. Obviously, I gave up the home run to Barry Bonds, and he was like, it's a home run. And I'm like, that's how I feel too, but people make a big deal about it. I'll, I'll leave you alone now. Um, <laughs> there's an article on ESPN right now. It's a great article, and it says Wyatt Lankford turning heads at MLB spring training. This is from Jeff Passan, and he's a very good writer. Uh, and it starts off by Mike Maddox returned to the team's clubhouse after watching a live batting practice session this spring training and declared, quote, I just saw the best player on the field. The room of coaches and assorted personnel perked up. The Rangers came into camp off a World Series title, but with questionable starting pitching depth and they were hopeful Maddox, a coach for 20 seasons, had unearthed his latest gem on the mound. Then Greg Maddox said, Wyatt Lankford Mm. Oh, so this is interesting and and look I'm not trying to take anything away from the guys that won the World Series last year but think of that from a guy who's been a pitching coach for multiple decades who's seen whether it's he was on Washington and was with Bryce Harper he was with Juan Soto like he's been with a lot of different great players in his career he was here with
3: Josh Hamilton Adrian Beltre, just to name a few, been around a lot of World Series, highest competition level stuff. Is if I'm reading this correctly, he's saying
2: I think Wyatt Langford's better than Corey Seager. It doesn't mean he's going to be more successful than Corey Seager oh, in God. 2024, but he's saying oh, when well, you Corey watch, Seager's
3: not on the field right now, though, so maybe maybe that well, that was included okay. in that. So maybe so, but it doesn't. It, there <laughs> there's
2: no quote that says because Seager's hurt. Okay, that's a good point, and, valid point. And so just to give you an idea of what this young man does and what he looks like on the field, like his, I talked about it yesterday when I was watching the uh, inner squad game, is his body, his lower half is Mike Trout-like. And if people don't understand this, Mike Trout is bigger than most of the linebackers I've seen with the Dallas Cowboys. There's not a linebacker. He looks like, to give you an idea, Mike Trout looks like, uh, Micah Parsons. There's not much difference the in their lower bodies. half.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: In upper hot half too. His oh. shoulders are forever. In fact, I might argue that Mike Trout oh. is stronger than Micah Parsons. Wow. Now, Wyatt Langford's upper half is not as impressive as Micah Parsons or Mike Trout. But his lower half is. And see so when, when we you saw did... him at
3: the card shop, I didn't he was sitting. So yeah. I, I saw a trim guy up top. Yeah. I didn't see the the the, the meaty thighs like you're so talking about. So he
2: is a strong, strong young man. And then the article goes on. And then Donnie Eckler, the Rangers bench coach, I'm trying to find it. It's a it's a longer article that I'd say you, you need to read. But here it is. He says He was right there in the conversation, and this is about the chatter in late September when the Rangers are struggling before they go on the road trip to the Angels and Seattle. They almost called him up, and so he's talking about he was in the conversation to be called up. Here's the next big quote, and just wondering about the pressure that he has right now in spring training. He says, and if he did play, this is last year right before the playoffs. He was going right in the three hole. So man. they weren't talking about, should we call him up and maybe play him in favorable matchups or whatever? Three months after he got
3: drafted. Did you go a little a little bit further down and read Bochy's line. Bochy so. says,
2: I don't know if he would have hit third, to be honest, but watching him in live batting practice was impressive. The numbers, what he was doing was incredible. incredible. You can't ignore that. And then you get to know the man, and he's uh, got no fear. And you saw what Carter did. So they were working off of Evan Carter has come up here in about 10 games. He's our best hitter right now. Yeah. So they're like, well, should we just do this again? Should we just call up the other guy who's actually uh, – people don't realize this. Wyatt Langford's a year older than Evan Carter because Evan Carter was a 17-year-old uh, draft pick. Evan Carter is approximately a year younger than Wyatt Lankford. But they were working off of – I'll stop quoting everything and reading, but I'll move on to this. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like, you can put pressure on. We're not trying to do it, but Wyatt Lankford right now, all eyes are on him to go, should he – today he's batting third in the lineup. Should he bat third on opening day for the Texas Rangers? The Rangers are testing that out. Mm -hmm. They want to see throughout spring training pretty much the whole process. As Chris Young said at the end of the article, if I just go all the way down here, he will tell us when he's ready, and if that's now, it's now. Mm. So they're wow. prepared to have him bat third. They're not penciling him in to yeah. bat third, but they're saying if his spring is impressive and he looks like he can handle it, they're not afraid on opening night against the Chicago Cubs to have Wyatt Lankford batting third.
3: Now, and I don't, uh, this is obviously Seager being out is is kind of a part of this, but it looks like what we've seen on all the lineups that Evan Carter would be second and then Wyatt Langford would be third. That's what we've seen so if, far if Simeon, you're hurt. Carter, Langford in and that, and that situation. I,
2: I think if you're healthy and Wyatt Langford makes this team, I think your lineup would be Simeon first, Seeger second, Langford third, Carter fourth, Adolis Garcia fifth, Josh Young sixth, then you go Jonah Heim, Nate Lowe, however you want to go. They might go Nate <laughs> Lowe, seventh.
0: Jonah Heim and Nate Lowe would be seven and eight. And then you'd awesome. have,
2: um, I don't know in this case, because now I, if if Wyatt Lankford's batting third, is Leodi Tavares the odd man out? Is it then Justin Foscue batting ninth?
3: So is that your DH now? Like, is like now Leoti
2: Tavares and Justin Foscue and oh, yeah. Ezekiel Durand uh share some sort of role as both kind of...
3: loved having that speed from leodi down at the bottom of the lineup right. for the turnaround so but there's I... all sorts of fun he could have with yeah. drawing up these lines. and you
2: could have wyatt langford as your dh batting third and then leodi as your center fielder batting ninth but i think that's the plan of attack when everything is ready to go and if everybody's healthy that would be your lineup and that's super dangerous but I do think this, I'm wondering with the struggles. I've seen this before getting to play 13 seasons. There can be a lot of pressure on a highly touted first round pick when they're in their first big league spring training. And Wyatt Lankford's not here in a way. This is Jack Leiter's second big league spring training. Um, And there's not really pressure on him. In fact, we want to kind of, just to be honest, because I love Al Leiter. He's a mentor of mine. I loved him as a teammate. I love him as a friend. I don't want to put any more pressure on Jack. Like, I don't want to bring Jack up here and ask, hey, what happened last year? Maybe I'm not doing my job. But I am I want Jack Leiter to not feel any more pressure. Mm-hmm. So that I, I, at, at this point, the, the media that's even not us, they're not really going to Jack Leiter's locker and asking him a lot of questions. It's kind of a lot of the media has moved on. And that's the great thing about playing in Texas is – We'll move on. We'll yeah. just move on and be like, look, we know that this isn't going perfect. It's you not just going to go
0: back to him and dump on him. Yeah,
2: as to the plan. So we're not going to make this any worse. We're just going to kind of leave him alone and let him work on his deal, and hopefully he gets better. But Jack right now, internally there can be pressure, but we as a media are not putting pressure on Jack Leiter to do
3: whatever. We're just kind whatever. of waiting at this point for him to do some, do multiple positive things consecutive, consecutively. Like, right. I think that's with Wyatt Langford and Evan Carter – They just kept doing good things, and so the story was, hold on, these guys are already ready already?
2: In the article, Max Scherzer talks about he had no clue who Wyatt Lankford was when he had to go down and kind of rehab and then saw him hit, and he's like, who's that dude? And they're like, well, we just took him fourth overall. It goes to show a lot of times you wonder – uh, players aren't following the draft, especially older players. That makes They're like, sense to me. Yeah. I don't care who, what people are doing in high school and college. Yeah. When they get to the majors, I'll worry about them type of deal. But uh, Max Scherzer, because he was on the, the Be Ready squad, Yeah, uh, he got to see him uh, in October when he was you know, testing out his back and shoulder and everything and was like, dude, this whoever this kid is <laughs> looks like he's going to play the role. So... I don't know if White's feeling the pressure or not, but I'm assuming there has to be some sort of pressure he's feeling with all the eyes on him when he goes up to bat. Because think about me. I'm
0: like, dude, he's up to bat. White Langford's up. Let's see what he does. And you heard her reactions were like, oh, my God. Yeah. So. And, and it's it's and it's a backfield game. Yeah. Like it's not even a spring training game, which even then you could question how viable those results That's,
3: are. That is why, like, I'm so excited, and I don't know how it's going to turn out because today they're on the road, and it looks like that lineup is what it is. Yesterday on the road, that lineup was all it looked like all a bunch of other guys. Right. Uh. And so I don't know. I feel like tomorrow against the Dodgers, they kind of want to
2: roll
0: out some good stuff. We but I don't never
2: know. started games this early. Oh, really? No. It's so what he's doing right now
0: off the waffle that he ate and stuff. (laughs) It
2: was about March 1st when you started big league games like this is like and this is not the first year, but uh, or like today would be the first day you started games. There are already four games in. You usually didn't start till the last day of February or like the first day of March when you had a real scheduled game.
3: But over the next two days, Kevin, like we have potentially really good opportunities to see. Wyatt Langford at the plate on this field I'm, and against I'm good pitching. So I'm, I'm stoked right now.
0: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we will talk with the, one of the Rangers' newest bullpen pieces, David Robertson, but also Mike Wa- makes his way down to try to live his groundskeeper dream. All of it next, live at Surprise Stadium on 105.3 The Fan.